Welcome to the Xterra Podcast. I'm Tom Mack. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we're exploring on the Xterra website as well as on this podcast. We're welcoming back to the podcast, Dr. Tina Heifel, Senior Research Economist with the U.S. Government's Bureau of Economic Analysis, who is focusing on the space economy. The BEA has just released its updated and revised estimates for the space economy for the period 2012 through 2019. And Dr. Heifel was our first guest when we established the podcast, and it's a pleasure to talk to you again. Welcome back to the program, Tina. Thanks for having me, Tom. Let's talk about the biggest challenges you've seen since the release of your preliminary, uh, the biggest changes rather you've seen since the release of your preliminary report. Great, thank you. Uh, So yeah, as you mentioned in December of 2020, we released preliminary report that uh, showed the scope and um, size of the US space economy for 2012 to 2018. And last month, uh, we made a couple of changes. The first is to add 2019. So now we have the time period 2012 through 2019. Uh, we made a couple of methodological improvements, uh, pretty minor improvements. The most uh, significant was the uh, better measures of government uh, depreciation, which is just a measure of capital used up in, in production. Um, uh, but the most important change is we've added inflation adjusted estimates of gross output and value added, which is also called GDP. And so the inflation adjusted estimates um, allow us to see increases in production that remove the effect of price changes or the reflect, uh, you know, the impact of inflation. Uh, So we're able to see what the growth is in, in actual production. So that having these inflation adjusted statistics is the biggest improvement since the preliminary report. I noticed when I was looking through the report that there's been some negative growth in the space economy since 2016, which came as kind of a surprise to me. What do you attribute that negative growth to? Mm-hmm. The negative growth is uh, when we're looking at real, uh, which is another term for inflation adjusted, when we look at real gross output and real GDP, uh, it's it's mainly caused by the contraction in satellite television. So direct-to-home satellite television uh, kind of peaked in 2016. And then we saw subscribers leaving uh, for, uh, you know, they have alternatives now. So a lot of folks who were rural, uh, the, the only option to get TV uh, was through satellite television. And then their, you know, broadband started to move out to these rural areas. Uh, and so they have this alternative. And so we see, uh, you know, this decline in subscribers for satellite television uh, and also rising prices. Uh, so we have uh, the satellite television prices are rising uh, and we're seeing people moving away. And so that uh, translates to negative growth in, in both GDP and gross output. Were there other factors that went into that in that particular area or was it pretty much strictly limited to that decline in, in satellite TV use? It's mostly the satellite TV use uh, because we'll talk about this later, but uh, the the biggest contributor to the overall space economy, at least at this, uh, you know, in the period that we were looking at, is satellite television. Uh, we do we do see growth in other areas, uh, but the 
because there's uh, satellite TV has this outsized role in the space economy, when we see a decline in satellite TV, it really drags down the overall space economy. That's interesting uh, because with so much that's going on in space that, that something as mundane as television would be, would be one of the big drivers. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, mm -hmm. what then were some of those bright spots that you saw as you came into this new report? Mm -hmm. uh, the most interesting thing uh, and the, the biggest bright spot is definitely manufacturing, space-related manufacturing, and specifically with satellite manufacturing. Uh, when you look at real GDP growth, and again, that means when we hold prices constant, um, we see that satellite manufacturing is growing really fast. And that, uh, you know, that's because we, we're seeing a lot of improvements in capacity. So, you know, satellites from 2012 are different than satellites from 2019. Uh, so we see you know, improvements in terms of miniaturization, 3D printing, uh, the processes have improved so it's cheaper to produce satellites and the, the satellites that are produced uh, can do more things in terms of uh, capacity most specifically. So I think satellite manufacturing, uh, it grew, when you look at space-related manufacturing, it grew uh, almost three times faster than the overall uh, growth in, in U.S. manufacturing. So that's definitely the bright spot. When you talk about satellites being different, uh, we hear a lot about uh, agile satellites that are software driven rather than hardware driven that can that can really change their use or essentially change customers at, at, at a few keystrokes. Does that also figure into what you're looking at in the space economy is the folks who are writing that software that will make all those satellites perform the way that the customers want them to? Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, the, the, there's different, different improvements in innovation with regard to satellites. Software is absolutely one of them. Um, with the, the data that I have, I have macro level data. And so I can't necessarily see that in the data, but I know this because I talked to folks in the industry and they, you know, have explained that uh, it's just kind of amazing what's going on with satellite technology in, in every regard, um, you know, software and hardware. What's the impact of the space economy on jobs, Tina? Uh, yeah, so in addition to gross output and uh, GDP, we also produce statistics on private sector employment and compensation. And what we found is in 2019, which is the last year that we estimated, uh, the space economy supported 354,000 private sector jobs. Um, so that translates to about just under half a percent of all private sector jobs in the United States, which I know doesn't sound a lot, but it's actually a pretty significant uh, number, 354,000 jobs. And they're mostly concentrated in information, uh, the information sector and manufacturing sector. And these are really high paying jobs. So when you look at average compensation for the overall economy for in private sector, it's about $81,000. But in the space economy, it's over $120,000. Uh, so these are you know, a good amount of jobs and they're high paying as well. What then is the potential impact of rising inflation? Because we're in a period of rising inflation. And, no, and I know that your report only looked through 2019. Here we are in 2022, and economic conditions have changed a great deal since 2019. Right. So I know you're not in the forecasting business, but mm -hmm. what is the potential impact on the, the inflationary pressures we have now on the space economy? Mm -hmm. uh, well, typically, you know, just generally speaking, when prices increase, 
the quantity demanded declines. And so uh, it's really hard to know uh, because I don't have data that, you know, that that's showing what's going on right now or into the future. Um, but it's, uh, it's hard to tell. Uh, Generally speaking, if nothing else changes, if just prices increased, uh, then we would actually see the space economy gross output and value added growing. Just, but that would just be the increases in price that we're seeing. Um, so it's really kind of hard to tell at this stage what the the impact of inflation is going to going to be. But you know, generally speaking, when prices increase, quantities decline. So it's just something we'll probably have to wait and see. Now, you've identified four primary industries contributing to the space economy. So let's go through those and talk about the impacts and how they're faring. And you've talked about this a little bit, but go a little bit more in depth on the manufacturing sector. Okay, great. Uh, So manufacturing, that's the second largest industry in the space economy. Uh, It represents about 25 to 30 percent of overall gross output and value added uh, for the period that we were looking at. And there's two main segments of the space economy manufacturing. Um, One is computer and electronic products, which includes satellites and GPS P&T equipment. Um, And then there's what's called other transportation equipment. And this includes uh, like space vehicles, rockets, and also space weapon systems. Uh, So there's two main areas when we're talking about space-related manufacturing. Uh, I already talked about how we're seeing really fast growth in satellite manufacturing because of these increases in um, innovation. Uh, And we also, uh, we see that in some years for the, for space weapons and, and, you know, uh, rockets and space vehicles, but that does, uh, it's not on the same trajectory, if you will, uh, as satellite manufacturing. Uh, But Uh, In terms of growth, overall growth, it is growing really fast uh, in terms of real GDP and real gross output. Does that also include the companies that are involved in building the infrastructure for space? Uh, You look at all the the hundreds of of jobs of people that are, are working on building out the facility in Boca Chica. And there are so many new uh, spaceports that are be, that are coming online. Is that also included in that manufacturing sector, or is that part of the space economy that you that you measure in this report? It is part of the overall space economy, but that would be included in our construction industry. And you're exactly right. Uh, we, if you look at the construction industry estimates, it's mostly growing over time because you know that's directly related to these new spaceports. Let's talk about government then. How is the government sector being impacted in this report? Mm-hmm. Uh, the government sector represents about 15 to 20% of the overall space economy. And just to be clear, we're not talking about total government spending. Uh, right. So if NASA buys you know, a, a, a satellite from a private manufacturer, that's going to be part of the manufacturing industry. So government just uh, refers to the production uh, by government employees. And so it's mostly NASA, uh, but it's also a lot of DOD spending. Uh, so we have, uh, so Space Force, of course, was founded at the end of 2019. So, uh, but there was a precursor to Space Force, you know, within the Air Force and Navy. Uh, so we see a lot of space activity uh, in the Department of Defense. And then there's also uh, a, a number of federally funded research and development centers, FFRDCs, uh, such as JPL and a lot of, uh, of a number of observatories. So there's a, a lot of space activity spread uh, throughout the government. 
and that's just the federal government. There's also um, state and local government activity, uh, space activity. So this includes educational services. So if you're getting a, you know, a degree in astrophysics, uh, the, the teacher is going to be part of the space economy. And then also, as you mentioned, the spaceports. Um, a lot of these space facilities that are being built or that have already been built, uh, you know, they, they're funded by state and local governments. And so uh, there's a lot of diversity in the, the government industry, um, and it has been growing over time. And you mentioned state government spending. Does that also look at things like Space Florida, which is a state government entity? And I say that because I live in Florida. It's the one with which I'm most familiar. But is mm-hmm. are those state agencies, I know there's, uh, uh, there's one out in New Mexico. Um, several states have those kinds of, of organizations. Is that all included? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Florida is, uh, I think, the one people are most familiar with. Uh, there's there, so when we're talking about state and local spending, we're talking about their budget. So the, the budget, you know, on on these space related activities is what's included in our account. So it's Florida. Uh, I'm in Virginia. We have you know a Virginia spaceport. Alaska has a lot of activity just by nature of where they're located. Um, Hawaii, California, Oklahoma actually has a Georgia has one now. Georgia, Georgia's <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm, some yeah, there's new ones coming online as we speak. So that's that's one that's not uh, state and local government isn't the biggest part, you know, not by uh, not even close, but it is growing pretty quickly because of these these uh, space launch facilities. We just recently chatted with a gentleman with a company that helps other companies get SBIR grants, mm-hmm. uh, and does that all factor into the the government spending part of it as well? The 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 money that the government spends to support small businesses that are then going to come along and be part of the manufacturing or information sectors. Mm-hmm. It should be. It really depends on how it's uh, outlined in their budget. So we look. We literally look through state budgets, and if there's a line item that says space or space related activity, then we will include it. If it's uh, if something like that is under, you know, just kind of general business auspices, we may not be including that. But uh, I think, you know, uh, it, I think we're capturing most of it. That's right. What about the information sector? So the information sector, this is mostly satellite television, direct-to-home satellite television. Uh, there's, and it represents about 30% of the, the space economy. Um, but that's shrinking, as we, we already talked about, because of the decline in, in uh, subscribers. Um, there's also satellite telecommunications, which is uh, kind of the backhaul uh, resale of satellite telecommunications. And also there's some um, remote sensing software as part of information. But the main part of that sector is the satellite television um, and, and satellite radio as well. Where does Earth observation fall in that, in that milieu? <laughs> <laughs> observation, uh, it's kind of spread throughout some of these industries. And that's, honestly, that's one of the downsides of, of our report. You know, uh, if you look at private sector reports about the space economy, uh, you'll have information on launch or Earth observation. Um, but when you're looking at the industry estimates, which is what we produce at BEA, sometimes that activity is spread throughout these different industries. And Earth observation is a, is a good example because there's uh, they're part of the information sector uh, because of the software. They're part of professional services because there's a lot of R&D. 
uh, included in that. And then also manufacturing because Earth observation, uh, of course, set, you know, you need satellites to do that. And so mm-hmm. that's a part of the manufacturing industry as well. So it's kind of spread out through a lot of different industries. Does the information sector also include things like GPS? I mean, we all walk around with a GPS on our phones now. We're all connected to satellite technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you take that into account in mm-hmm. figuring out the space economy? Yeah, that's right. So uh, the GPS would be a, similar to Earth observation. It's kind of spread throughout different industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it's in manufacturing, though. So um, you know, when you uh, if a satellite uh, or when we're talking about cell phones, we don't include the whole value of the cell phone, but we do include the value of the GPS transmitter. Uh, and so that's going to be part of manufacturing, but also the software that's used to, uh, you know, help translate the, that GPS information. That's going to be a little bit of, of that's going to also be within the information sector. And finally, wholesale trade. Great. This is a great uh, uh segue because uh, wholesale trade is a pretty big part of the the space economy, about 15%. And most people probably don't think about wholesale trade at all, uh, but it's a, wholesale trade is a big part of the overall U.S. economy, and it refers to kind of the distribution of goods. Um, so when we're talking about GPS within a cell phone, um, you know, a cell phone manufacturer is uh, typically when they want to buy things like a GPS transmitter, they'll go to a distributor to get that. They're probably not going to go directly to the GPS manufacturer. Uh, And because of how pervasive, um, you know, these GPS and PNT equipment are in in so many of the things that we use, uh, that just distributing the GPS um, transmitters and antenna and things like that, that's a big part of the space economy. And so that's what uh, wholesale trade is. It's just the... um, Uh, It's typically the movement of goods from one business to another. I'm talking with Dr. Tina Heifel, Senior Research Economist with the Bureau of Economic Analysis on the Xterra podcast. Take a moment right now to click on subscribe to be sure you don't miss any of our podcasts. Or if you're watching on YouTube, any of the videos from Xterra, the Journal of Space Commerce. Tina, you also looked at retail trade as a factor. Now, what part of the space economy would be considered retail? Uh, retail trade is related to, it, it's mostly household buying space related equipment. So if you wanted to buy a standalone GPS unit, uh, or you wanted, you know, some type of GPS equipment for your boat, um, or a satellite dish for your RV or something, you'd go to Best Buy to buy that. And so uh, the, the retail trade is kind of the, the margin that the, uh, that the retail stores, uh, so, or the markup um, related to the the, the purchase of, of uh, you know, the GPS and space-related equipment. It's mostly satellite dishes and GPS units. Like the one I have on my bicycle, I guess. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yep. You know, what is real value added and how does that factor into the space economy? Real value added, uh, this is, so value added and GDP, those are the, those are the same thing. Um, and when, when we're talking about the economy and just the overall economy growing, you know, we, we recently put out a report saying that the economy grew by 6.9%. We're talking about real value added. Um, and so value added, uh, it might help to describe what gross output and value added is. So gross output is similar to revenue. So a company sells something, they get revenue back. Um, value added removes the intermediate inputs involved in gross output so that we can see you know, what each individual industry is contributing. So for example, uh, if a satellite manufacturer sells 
they sell a satellite to NASA for $100 million. Um, that $100 million is going to be part of gross output for set that satellite manufacturer. Uh, but that manufacturer, you know, had to use inputs to come up with that, that, that satellite. So, for example, they had to buy solar panels, um, altimeters, things like that. Uh, if, uh, let's say that was like $10 million, let's say their inter intermediate input was $10 million. Um, the, the value added for the satellite manufacturer is just going to be that 90 million. So it's going to be the gross output minus the intermediate inputs. And this is important because uh, the, the real value added, that's kind of the, that's one of the, the most important estimates we put out because it measures the actual production for that industry. Um, and the real part of it is the inflation adjusted part. So when we look at real GDP, what we're seeing is the uh, production by that industry with prices held constant. So we can see the actual uh, growth in production using that uh, real GDP. So hopefully that made sense, uh, but it's, it's the biggest takeaway uh, in our space economy estimate is real GDP. And by the way, um, we talked about GDP uh, and, and kind of this negative growth um, mm -hmm. since 2016. But when you look at the overall period, if you compare the space economy's real GDP growth to the overall U.S. economy, uh, the space economy is actually growing faster, mainly because of manufacturing. And let's talk about that a little bit more, because, as I said, we, we noticed this decline of the space economy. And sometimes you can draw a parallel between the space economy as it is now and Silicon Valley in the 1970s and the, and the 1980s, where there was exponential growth uh, early on and then things plateaued. So is it possible that we're seeing this as, as a short-term blip or is it a long-term trend that it's going to kind of, I mean, negative growth doesn't mean it's not growing. It just means it's growing slower is the way I understand it. So is it going to be slower growth, do you think, long-term or are we going to maybe get another uh, sharp increase in in the space economy? Well, it's hard to know, but uh, what we see with regard to uh, like satellite television, as I mentioned, because of the outsized role of satellite television in the space economy, when that started to shrink, it really dragged down the overall economy. Uh, but it's starting to level off. Um, and we're also seeing increases in other aspects of the, the space economy. So I mentioned, uh, you know, manufacturing, also government production is increasing. Uh, so it, it's very possible that uh, the satellite television, if that's starting to level off uh, and other parts are growing, I mean, we haven't even uh, really seen what space tourism is going to do. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we're seeing this increase in spaceport construction. And uh, so it, it's hard to know, but, it, you know, in terms of what's causing the negative growth, uh, from 2016 to 2019, we are starting to see that leveling off. So, it, it, you know, it, it could grow in the future or or not. So we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> As with so many things, it depends. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about um, the increase both in the number of launches and using reusable launch vehicles. And also, we've talked about this in manufacturing, smaller, cheaper, cheaper satellites. How is all that affecting the GDP growth in space? Well, it's it's a big part of the of the growth in uh, in real GDP. Uh, so when we see you know uh, the prices for launch are declining, but the number of launches are increasing, um, that translates into an increase in real production. 
Uh, so again, when we talk about real, we're talking about holding uh, prices constant and uh, you know removing the inflation uh, impact from from the the measure. Uh, so when we see um, reusable vehicles and, and cheaper uh, launch, and then we see this increase in in launches that that has this a really outsized impact on GDP growth, and that's why we see, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Um, real GDP growth in the space economy is faster than, than the overall U.S. economy, and it is mostly related to manufacturing, which includes launch. When we talk about people not using as much uh, satellite TV services, there are then going to be now Starlink, OneWeb, Kuiper, probably others that are going to be delivering internet service, which means that the television streaming services will then be delivered over satellites again. So is that going to boost that information segment back up where the, the decline in use of, of direct satellite TV services has, has declined? It definitely has the potential. So uh, the, the most recent year of information available from the FCC about internet usage and you know, where, does, uh, where does internet come from that people use, mm -hmm. uh, only about 2% of internet subscribers in 2019 uh, got their internet from satellite. And you know, it really depends on if the satellite uh, internet services, if these companies can compete with you know, fiber optic, with landline, um, in terms of speed and price, uh, I don't see why it wouldn't grow. I mean, and there's so many, um, you know, uh, I talked earlier about the folks, rural folks uh, having access to broadband, but there's still a long way to go. And uh, some folks, you know, may never get it and satellite may be their only option. Uh, so I think, you know, there's definitely a possibility that we could see an increase in the information sector because of satellite internet. And of course, they do have to be competitive in the fact that for those of us who can get our internet delivered via fiber optic or whatever to our homes, we're not going to spend more to have a satellite dish other than just the gee whiz factor, I guess. Exactly. And there will be those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, always, always. And and you're right. I mean, the uh, satellite internet, it's there's a potential, you know, like I said, if they if they can compete in terms of speed, it might drive prices down for fiber optic too, because there will be, you know, the potential for people to have an option when they didn't before. And now, of course, there are companies that are offering 5G into your house uh, over the air as well, which is not a space thing, but it's uh, that there is going to be a 5G component, a satellite component to 5G. So mm -hmm. it, it's there are so many things that we can talk about in the future, but we're just about out of time for this program, okay. Tina. And again, I mentioned early on, I know you're not in the prediction business, mm -hmm. but we do ask like all of our guests to kind of take a glance out over 10 or 15 years and see, and let us know what you see on the horizon. So as best you can within the confines of what it is that you do, do that for us. Okay. <laughs> um, right. So what we see in the data is, uh, we had this scenario in the in 2012 and 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 prior, but 2012 is the first year of our report uh, where information was the dominant sector, and you know driven by satellite television. And what we see have seen over time is that we're moving away from the concentration of just the satellite television, uh, you know, being the main driver of the space economy, uh, and. Buried in our, you know, our data, if you look at some of the smaller industries like retail trade, construction, those are growing. And so, you know, what we 
one of the things that could happen is if we see more variety in the industrial makeup of the space economy, that can help prevent the scenario we're seeing now where one industry, if it declines, it drags down the whole you know, economy. And so if we continue to see diversity um, in industries and new industries appearing like space tourism, uh, you know, there's a very good chance that the space economy could continue to diversify which and, and grow into the future, but only time will tell, of course. Um, when we talked last, you were in a satellite account with BEA. Um, do you feel like the agency is going to continue to look at the space economy on its own? Will it fold into something else? Or uh, how do you see the future of, of our being able to get data from the government on the space economy? Uh, well, so this is currently an unfunded research project, mm -hmm. and uh, so what that means is the the future is unknown in, in, if, unless we get you know dedicated funding. If we get dedicated funding, which could happen, uh, we would continue to put this report out every year, kind of on a more official basis. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's still TBD. I will say that there's a lot of interest in this uh, space economy uh, report and uh, the processes we use. So I'm working with the um, European Space Agency so that they can come up with a European uh, space economy satellite account that will be comparable to the United States, which would be, uh, I think, a real boon to, to understanding what's going on in the, you know, worldwide uh, or, you know, American and European space economies. So uh, I hope it continues. There's a lot of interest, but it is still uh, TBD in terms of what the future holds for these statistics. And you can't say, but I can and will call and write your congressman if you'd like to see those kinds of things um, uh, continue. And, and if it's an important to you, then uh, that's that's the direction that folks need to go. They need to get involved and say, this legislation needs to go through. So like I said, you can't say that, but I can and I will. Tina, thank you very much for joining us again on the Xterra podcast. It's been great. Nice to see you again. Great. Thanks so much, Tom. I had a great time. Dr. Tina Heifel is a senior research economist with the U.S. government's Bureau of Economic Analysis. That's going to do it for this edition of the Xterra podcast. Check out our YouTube channel and be sure to click on subscribe so you can stay up to date on developments in space commerce and be notified when we post new videos. You can also get daily space commerce news at XterraJSC.com. And one thing more, be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter at XterraJSC. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for joining us.